Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. CNN is suing the White House over Jim Acosta's press credentials. And the midterms have put a spotlight on the need for serious election reforms. This is Sarah from the left. And Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsy Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Friday's episode of Pants and Politics. We're recording from Houston, Texas, where we are on the road for a conference and then headed from here to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania for our live show. So thank you for your patience with our audio quality today. We're going to be talking about CNN's lawsuit against the administration as well as some election issues. I feel like saying some election issues sounds much less serious than what's (laughs) happened. So we'll get into all of that. First, Sarah, you wanted to kick off our discussion on Jim Acosta with this very compelling, I think, observation from Bob Woodward, yes? So for those of you who don't know, CNN has filed a lawsuit this week accusing the White House of violating Jim Acosta's First and Fifth Amendment rights by revoking his press credentials after they claimed that he put his hands on a White House intern. There was video. People say they doctored the video. On, on, on. Drama, drama, drama. And I think that Bob Woodward's observations about this 
conflict is very good, which is he says that the remedy for this is not a lawsuit. It's more serious reporting about what he's doing. He says, in the news media, there has been an emotional reaction to Trump. Too many people for Trump or against Trump have become emotionally unhinged by this. He said that the American people see the smugness of some in the press and that following the facts without injecting feelings and opinions into reporting is one way to help regain the trust of the public. My grandmother, who really does not like Donald Trump. We'll have two grandmothers. One loves him and thinks he's amazing and one really dislikes him. And she, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, she says that, she'll say often, well, I was watching him and you could tell the reporter just wanted to, you know, they were trying to, the questions were trying to prove a point. The questions were like emotionally driven. Like she says that. And, you know, I always push back because I think so often what a reporter's trying to do is hold someone accountable and like really push them to admit that what they're saying is factually inaccurate or inconsistent or hypocritical or whatever. But because they can't just say, or I don't, they believe they just can't say that's factually inaccurate. They phrase the questions in a way that you can tell they're trying to get a certain answer. And so my grandmother reads that as they're baiting him. They're being rude to him. Like my grandmother said, Jim Acosta was rude to him. Like the way he kept pushing Donald Trump, was rude. Now, I don't necessarily agree, but I think Bob Woodward's point is well taken, which is whether you, whether or not you agree that the press is doing that, they are being perceived as emotional and they are playing into this narrative that this is a conflict between the press and the president instead of just reporting. Because, I mean, you read fear and that's what it reads. It doesn't read like there's a one part where Bob Woodward really interjects himself into the narrative and tries to make a point that he thinks the president was basically being treated unfairly, which is really interesting. But for the most part, you know, it's just reporting. He's just telling you what happened. He's not trying to make a statement. He's not trying to make a judgment. You don't feel necessarily a lot of emotion behind that in the same way that you often feel a lot of emotion from the reporting coming out of CNN and Fox News, emotionally supportive of him. And I think he's right. I think the more the press can disengage from the emotion and just report the facts or do investigative reporting. I mean, I think about the guy who did the reporting on the Trump Foundation. That felt to me, I mean, but the, the problem is, did it work? Did it, did it matter? I don't know. It's tough, but I do think his, I do overall agree with this point that it seems emotional often and that turns people off. I think that one issue that is not Jim Acosta's fault, but that he is certainly part of is that we're looking for these viral, shareable video moments from press conferences now. Mm -hmm. And the White House press briefings shouldn't be entertainment. This should be an opportunity for reporters to get information that they then put into context with other information, and that becomes a story. But instead, we're looking for two- to three-minute shareable stories unfolding completely within the context of those briefings, which creates every incentive for Jim Acosta to, to ask a question like the one he asked, where it's not even a question. Yeah. It's let me explain to the public here while everyone's watching that what you said about the caravan is inaccurate, Mr. President. Mm-hmm. And of course, the president receives that as rude because this president is ready for a brawl He's so good anyway. with criticism. Well, he's ready for a brawl anyway, and in that way, Jim Acosta gave Donald Trump a gift in that interaction. You know, there's something for everybody to be outraged about, and that's all that happened, and no news resulted 
from that except for news about the news, which is like the least helpful information we could be disseminating across the country right now. So I think where I really agree with Bob Woodward is stop giving the president fodder to do this punching bag thing. You can still point out his inaccuracies. You could ask a question, Mr. President, where are you on the southern border right now? How does it impact your analysis that reports suggest it will take X number of days for this caravan to come to the United States? You can still fact check him. Mm -hmm. But I think Jim Acosta and others, I don't want to just beat up on him, have allowed themselves to play the president's game in turning all of this into the WWE. Well, and I think that they need to acknowledge, for better or for worse, when they put themselves in opposition to him in the ways in which they do, any desperate hope they had for objectivity with a certain subset of Americans is lost. Look, maybe it's lost no matter what. Maybe it doesn't matter what Jim Acosta does at this point. There are going to be people in the country that think everything that's on CNN is a lie, and there's nothing we can do about that. But I do think there is a not small group of people that really want to see the news as objective and not trying to take down Donald Trump. And so I do wish we spent a little bit more time playing to those people or talking to those people or trying to appeal to those people because instead of doing the yay boo, the all I'm looking for is the yay boo. Where I think the president needs to be held to serious account, and I don't know the right mechanism for this, is his direct vitriol against reporters. The more serious story about the president's interaction with the press from my vantage point in the last few days is how frequently he said to reporters, what a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. Now, on the one hand, I could say, well, the American people are grown-ups and can assess that conduct and hold him accountable to, to some extent or not. Another part of me, though, wishes that leadership in the Congress would say to the president, we don't want to see that again. We take press freedom very seriously here. And you don't have to answer the question, but you also don't have to attack the reporter. I think overall, I'm just looking for more backbone from Congress. I'm tired of this sense that the president can't be controlled because I feel like that means people aren't using the right levers. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we would be so much better served as a country and so much more able to cast votes intelligently if leaders would lead and people would use the seats that they have. I do think the revocation of press credentials should be an extremely serious matter. And so I don't know if this lawsuit makes sense or not, but I think Bob Woodward's counsel is well taken to turn the temperature down. And I know it's exhausting to always have their responsibility sit with someone besides the president. Yeah, but li- what do we? What do you want to do? That's right. What else? We're not going to shame y'all. No lawsuit. <laughs> no amount of lawsuits or shaming or whatever you. It's not going to matter, y'all. It's just not going to matter. I think the best thing I did for my mental health is release the day after election day that there is anything any of us could ever possibly do to make Donald Trump feel that he is wrong and that he is hurting America. Let it go. It's never going to happen. He could sit in jail for 20 years, convicted of a crime against this country, and it would not matter. He would spend all 20 years in his head believing that he is the innocent victim of a conspiracy. We can't. It's never going to happen, y'all. 
And it's so tempting, I think, to, to get in your head and think, well, if this happened, and then maybe people will really see. Now, we might be able to convince enough Americans that he shouldn't be president, or maybe even enough of Congress, but we will never, ever, ever change his mind. I truly believe, well, I give him grace for being a human being, and I don't feel the need to paint his as something less than human. I do think that it's important to recognize his human capacity, and I do not believe he is capable of that at this point in his life and will never be capable of it. So just like, it doesn't, you know, I think there's always this undercurrent of like, see, I told you like every new story, every new insult to April Ryan or how he treats Jim Acosta or mistake he made. Like it's, (laughs) there's never going to be an aha moment for him. It's not coming. It's just not coming. I think that's right. And to the point that we return to frequently here, I have over the past couple of weeks, felt as your grandmother does, that even when I'm listening to coverage that I agree with, that's critical of the president, I have felt that the the tenor of that coverage is too emotionally invested mm. and that I am not getting news. I am just getting commentary and really frustrated commentary. And I'm sympathetic to that. I can't imagine what it would be like to try to cover this president. I have grace for those folks too. Mm-hmm. I do think we would all be better served by taking a few steps back and trying to speak as neutrally as possible when we're disseminating information and being clear when we're making that turn from these are the facts to this is my opinion about these facts. Because this post-truth situation that we have on our hands is so dangerous and we're not going to get out of that without a lot of really patient, intentional work to try to get out of it. We're going to take a short break and come back and talk about elections, which I think is highly relevant to everything we've just been discussing. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is Bake from Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things. Big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Pantsuit. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day, Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. this on Thursday morning and we know that today is an important day in terms of election outcomes in several states. We are expecting some judicial decisions relevant to elections. There is a judge in Florida considering whether a deadline will be extended for Palm Beach to turn its recount in. If it doesn't, the result from election night will stand. There are numerous lawsuits pending in Florida with respect to that election. Bruce Poliquin in Maine has filed a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of Maine's ranked voting system. A judge is expected to rule perhaps today or even later, but the Maine Secretary of State is continuing the process as normal despite the existence of that lawsuit for now. Because it's already been challenged once, dude. Let it go. And we are also still awaiting some finality in the Georgia election. Arizona had been um, one of those elections that extended far past Election Day, but the results there are decisive now. And before we launch into the rest of this discussion, I really want to compliment Kristen Cinema and Martha McSally because I think both of them conducted themselves professionally, admirably, with a fair amount of dignity and re- respect for our election processes during that recount. I read something on Twitter that the Republican Party went to Martha McSally and was like, we want you to count, challenge the recount. We want you to do the whole voter fraud dance. And she refused, which I think is awesome. Now, in full disclosure, it also seems that she's still probably going to be a senator. There's a lot of discussion about John Kyle not continuing in John McCain's seat after January and that she'd be appointed as the other senator from Arizona to, to complete um, John McCain's term in the Senate. But still, I still think that that's an admirable because this combination of voter suppression and then screaming about voter fraud is gross. I just think that this as a strategy is gross. I want to say about the Martha McSally appointment that I'd be delighted to have two female senators from the state mm-hmm. of Arizona. And I think... Martha McSally, as a congressperson, has done some really good work. I was disappointed by some of the things that she said and some of the tactics she used during this election. But overall, I really appreciate her service. And I think that that's a decent result to have her and John McCain's seat and Kristen Sinema in the, in the other seat. So that doesn't bother me so much. I know it feels a little bit frustrating, mm-hmm. um, but 
But I think that's overall not a bad place to be. I agree with you, Sarah. The idea that we're challenging voting laws after the election just seems to me to be so brazen. Yeah. It's not even challenging laws. It's, It's making the case that we have all this voter fraud, which is patently untrue. Well, where the laws are being challenged, you know, there's the the challenge to the constitutionality of the ranked voting system in Maine. That seems like something that needs to be done before an election, and I understand that there are standing arguments about that, but... Also, it's already been done. It's just... They've already gone through one challenge of this law already, and then the voters brought it back again because there was concerns with the language with the constitutionality. So they fixed it, and they brought it back again, and now he's still complaining. That's annoying. I think in Florida, there's also been a challenge to using signatures as a way to validate votes. And I'll say, I think that's a dumb way to do it. My personal signature varies by my mood dramatically and how much time I have and what I'm signing on. Mm-hmm. But that is the law. And so I think the the court that decided a better way to deal with that for now is to give an extension of time for people to correct those deficiencies. That seems like a smart approach. But man, the fact that we are embroiled in all of this, the fact that there are boxes being discovered in different places, I don't believe that's fraud. I believe it's incompetence. Mm. And we ought to be able to do better than this. Yeah. And I think that it's just, you know, both sides are twisting what's happening there to their own narrative. I don't mean to do a false equivalency thing because I do not believe that there is equal manipulation on both sides. I believe that the conservative side is stoking fears and stoking conspiracy theories worse than the Democratic side. And the reason I don't have any problem with the tactics of the Democratic side in both Florida and Georgia to fight for every vote is because I think that there was voter suppression. I think that there was active manipulation of the Secretary of State's position in Georgia, absolutely. And then voter laws in Florida to prevent certain demographics from voting. And I think that's despicable. And I think we all have Carl Rove to blame for the, for the being the first one that's like, oh, this is going to be a new strategy. We're going to try to, we're not just going to try to turn out our side. We're going to try to prevent your side from getting there. And it's just, it's so damaging to our democracy. It's so discouraging for people and to try to get voter turnout and to try to encourage everyone to vote. And I just, you know, so I don't, I, I hope that they fight for every single vote in Florida and Georgia. Whatever the outcome of that is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me who wins these elections as much as the fact that our process is being conducted with integrity. And I honestly don't understand the strategy, especially from Rick Scott, about saying we don't want this to happen. If you're confident yeah. in your win, even if you're not confident in your win, the right thing to say here is, yes, count the votes. Yeah. This shouldn't drag on forever. Right. We don't want anything inappropriate happening. But count the votes. I don't want to serve if I wasn't actually elected. Mm-hmm. I don't want certain people in Florida to be disenfranchised. I think that is the, the path forward for healing here. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't need Andrew Gillum to say... You know, I think at the end of the day, we'll win. I think the thing to say is, 
I don't know how this will turn out, but I know that every vote matters, and I know that our election should be conducted with integrity. And honestly, folks, it would be much easier for me to go put my feet up right now. Word. Beto's living his best life right now. That's right. <laughs> you're, you're extremely popular when yeah. you lose graciously. But I think that this really matters on an ongoing basis. And what I really want us to do between now and 2020 is talk at every state level about how we can have more consistent processes. These variances by county are so unhelpful and leave us so vulnerable. We're just setting the stage, I think. If you if you believe that foreign election interference is problematic and on Which the rise. Which not everyone does. Not everyone does, but but let's say that you accept the premise that foreign interference in our elections would be problematic and is possible. I think we have set the stage through this midterm election for rampant foreign interference in Mm. 2020 and for the planting of doubt about election results all over the place. So let's talk about some of the proposals for dealing with our voting processes. We'll put these in the show notes, but both Beth and I listened to a Freakonomics on America's duopoly and about the lack of competition among the two major parties And um, I also listened to a radio lab exploring ranked choice voting, which is what's happening in Maine. Let me explain this in the quickest, easiest term possible, which is if you lived in Florida in 2000, you would say, my first choice is Ralph Nader, but Ralph Nader loses, put my votes to Al Gore. So the second that they determined that Ralph Nader was not going to lose, all your votes would go to your second choice and Al Gore would be president right now. Not right now, but he would have been president. And I think it is such a interesting and important innovation in voting so that people, I love the way that one of the people put it. He said, you guys were the like version 1.0 of democracy in voting in the 1700s. And so then Ireland came around in the 1900s and we have version 2.0. We have a bigger, uh, you know, a, a more evolved version of how to vote. I particularly like how they like do it by hand because they realize like, People want a little drama. They don't want it to be over in one night. They want it to see, they want to see that. And they go through like 11 votes, depending on how many candidates there are. But, you know, I think everybody, instead of who can turn out their base, instead of I feel like my vote was thrown away, you get what you want. You, you get to have your voice heard, but you also get your overall point of view represented in a more fair way than people having to, you know, do these sort of Sophie's Choice situations. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. 
Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze. And its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. I love the idea of ranked choice voting. I wish that we would adopt it in Kentucky immediately. I also love the proposal mentioned in the Freakonomics episode to do a nonpartisan primary mm-hmm. where everyone gets a ballot with all the primary candidates yep. from both parties and the top four vote getters emerge. Mm-hmm. So if it's like, you know, in a really conservative district, instead of having a Democrat that you absolutely aren't going to win, you know, it's not going to win, you would have a more moderate Republican and a more hardcore Republican and you would have better options in districts that are more conservative or districts that are more liberal. And I mean, I think about like ranked choice voting, even in nonpartisan races, if people in Paducah could say, if this person doesn't win, I want this person to win or whatever, like I think our city commission would look really different. I just think it would lead to a better contest of ideas. My frustration right now as someone who wants to vote for conservative ideas is that I don't have conservative ideas to vote for. I have conservative candidates to vote for. And those candidates are running as not Democrats. Mm -hmm. That's what you saw in almost every race. I live in um, Cincinnati's media market. Mm -hmm. And so I watched all of the Ohio races and all the election ads. And those ads were not about ideas. They were, don't vote for someone who's going to align with Nancy Pelosi. Mm -hmm. You know, 
don't vote for someone who campaigned with Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. They were, I am, insert name here, not a Democrat. And I want to hear some ideas. I was talking with my husband and Sarah and everyone who would listen to me this week about how much I would love to see Republicans interested in another round of tax cuts for working families couple those tax cuts with a carbon tax to pay for them. Mm-hmm. Because I think that would be such a win-win. It would advance the cause of addressing climate change in a serious way. We've already given our corporations a, a break on their income taxes. Now let's start taxing them on their contribution to um, climate damage. And and let's give some relief to working class families. Because if there are people in the United States getting relief from taxes, I would like them to be folks who actually have a hard time making ends meet instead of the hedge fund folks, you know? So I think that would be such a great way for the party to move forward ideologically. Where are discussions like that even happening in the Republican Party? They're just not. You know, right now, the party is so defined by people's stances on President Trump that we're not getting any good policy. And I know that what I just said is something that very few Republicans would endorse publicly. But if we had ranked choice voting and we had a primary where Democrats could participate in the Republican primary, where independent voters could participate Mm -hmm. in the Republican primary... I think it would encourage people to really bring some ideas to the table. Well, and look, here's the thing. So in Kentucky, we can't get anything on our ballot that's not placed there by the legislators, which really stinks and is incredibly, it's a huge political lift. But you other states out there that have a much easier time of getting referendums on your ballot, California, North Carolina, Florida, do it. Y'all do it. Y'all pave the way. You'll create the peer pressure for other states to fall in line. We all know it's broken. You don't have to argue. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. Everybody knows that our voting is broken. Now, I do think you run up on the conservative side against the respect for authority. And there's this sense of, well, that's how it is. Like, I had a conversation with my dad about the Electoral College. And I said, this sucks. Like, I vote for people that don't get to be president because of the system that was created in the 1700s that no longer serves us. And his and his argument was basically like, well, that's how it is. So I think you'll there is a, a, a percentage of the populace that falls largely in a conservative voting block that will say, we don't change things like that. That's not what we do. We're, we don't. The system, we don't, we don't update the system that exhibits a disrespect for the system and they don't like change and all that stuff. But... I think that increasingly newer generations will outnumber those people because I think we all recognize something's wrong and it's not working and it's not serving us and we have some real problems to address. So check it out. Look into what you, the laws in your state of how you get things on the ballot, how you change things like this. Um, we can all follow Maine's example. There's nothing stopping us. I think that's right. And I think there are a lot of different steps and innovations that can be done around things like this. So I'm personally against changing the Electoral College. I've considered this a lot, and I think I finally settled in on, no, I don't want to change the Electoral College. But that has nothing to do with partisanship for me, and and that's probably another show. I think thing number one is our processes today 
are they being implemented efficiently and with integrity? And not even that anyone is ju- is trying to cheat, but just is there competence in those processes? Let's get invested in that. Thing number two, are we happy with the control that the Republican and the Democratic parties have? And mm-hmm. not even with the parties as much as the partisanship that drives everything so that candidates' best strategy is to run as not a Republican or not a Democrat, I'm not happy with that. And so if you aren't either, then what can we do to make more space for ideas? And I think that really is about the primary process. Thing number three that we haven't even talked about today, other than alluding to voter suppression, is ballot access. Mm-hmm. How can we make voting easier? I'm, I was really struck by all the emails that I got this year about making a plan to vote. And I thought, God, voting should not be so hard that you have to make a plan to to vote. Um, How can we make it easier for people to vote? We've been talking about the historic turnout for this midterm election. It's still less than half of all Americans. Mm. we got to do better than that in all of our elections. So there are lots of places to get involved in this issue. We'll put resources in the show notes for you to take a look at and consider. And then I think we do need to really insist that our legislators think about districting and ballot access and competence in the process because we can do so much better than what's just happened. And if we don't, I do believe adversaries of American democracy will take advantage of it. I think most of us are in agreement that this is something we desperately need to pay attention to, and I hope that we continue to do so. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pansy Politics. Again, we hope to see a lot of you Saturday night at Gettysburg. We're really, really excited about the live podcast there. And until then and and or Tuesday, keep it nuanced, y'all. Dylan Garvin produces Pantsuit Politics every week. And thanks for making us sound better and smarter, Dylan. Elise Knapp is our production assistant, which means we could not live without her scheduling, organization, feedback, and creativity. Thank you so much, Elise. We couldn't make Pantsuit Politics without support from our listeners. Go to patreon.com slash pantsuitpolitics to learn how you can receive more nuance and help make the show better. Special thanks to our executive producers who have committed to supporting us in a major life-giving way. Tracy Putoff, Tim Miller, Cherry Haas, Sarah's husband, Nicholas Holland, and my husband, Chad Silvers. Learn more about our live events that we're involved in and what we're reading each week by signing up for our weekly newsletter at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. And connect with us and members of the Pantsuit Politics community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.